2: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm Dominic Booth, delighted again to be joined by Samuel Lucas and Tyrone Marshall for this one. Um, how are you gents? Happy? I, I've lost track of the days of the week to be honest, but I think it might be a Tuesday.
0: How are we? It's it's nice. I'm, I'm well, thank you, Dom. It's, it was also nice to actually leave a uh, United game last night, not, not feeling completely drained and, and feeling, you know, quite relaxed and 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 dare I say energised as well. Uh, Just watching some some good football and and an easy win, it it makes our lives a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, almost
1: forgotten what that looked like, Tyrone. (laughs) Yeah, I had to check this morning when I woke up after always a difficult night's sleep after a night game. So I had to check when I woke up that it wasn't actually a dream and I hadn't woken up on bank holiday Monday. United had actually won a game easily and and played well.
2: Absolutely, they did. A 3-0 win over Brentford. No shortage of talking points, really, with the testimonial feel to, to some of it with a player's lap of honour or dishonour as some were dubbing it beforehand uh, after the game. One matter rolling back the years, Samuel, um, he seems like a good place to start given his performance. He actually played well a couple of times coming off the bench before Monday night, but just looked at uh, a real class act against Brentford. I know that people say that his legs have gone and he can't play regular games and and that's probably true, but it, it just seems it seems a little bit sad that Matt's departing United at this point, but he is going out on a high, I suppose.
0: Yes, this this club is so all-consuming, uh, I forgot. I, d- I, I did have a dream last week that I was named as, um, within the new structure of Manchester United, and and it wasn't one of those dreams where I thought, come on, I'm, I'm dreaming here, I'm going to wake up soon. I, I genuinely woke up and thought, oh, you know, i quite like that, but I think it's it's just as well that I'm not part of that structure, given that after last night I might have been thinking, "Oh, do do we give Juan Mata a, a new a new contract? Do we get another year out of him?" But it, it was a joy to watch him and. As as you said, there was a bit of a testimonial feel about it. I mean, Christian Eriksen got an applause from United supporters, which was a lovely touch. And I mean, some of the things he did last night were were sight to behold as well. It's it's great to see that he's he's still got it in his locker, and whichever side he plays for next season, he'll he'll be an asset for. But, but Brentford were intense at times. They were adventurous enough for United to deserve the kudos. And watching matter, he, he certainly has been underused this season. You only have to look at his, his appearance statistics. I mean, that's two managers who've pretty much reduced him to a spot kick specialist. That's what he came on for in the Europa League final. It's what he came on for against Middlesbrough a few months ago as well. And unfortunately for him, because he's... His playing time has been so uh, so scarce. When when he came on against Atletico Madrid, it felt like a completely incongruous uh, substitution. Even though in those occasions that there, there is logic to bringing on a lock picker like him to to change the temper of the game, to use his equanimity to and, and then his quality to try and um, you know, conjure up an opening and, and try and get United back into a match. But they've just not utilized that very much at all in, in the last three years, not not just this season which is a pity because he has been a good player for United and he was a joy joy to watch last night. I think you only had to look at the way Ronaldo was playing and Ronaldo's body language to notice that he was enjoying himself a lot more with Mata on the pitch. Um, I mean, our colleague Rich said it's, only, it's a bit like United to work out that Juan Mata is actually good as a number 10, but unfortunately his. His debut all those years ago under David Moyes, uh, I think January twenty fourteen. He, he started on the right, and that pretty much set the tone for his United career for the next eight years. He just did not play often enough in his specialist role. He is a playmaker. He's had a great career, so th- th- there can't be too many regrets from it. But it was it was a treat for those United supporters to to get one last um, one last appearance or performance out of him and. You know he's, he's more than earned his uh, starting role at Brighton on Saturday. I'd be amazed if he's not starting that game. But you know, it kind of th- th- there is some logic in in why Mata doesn't play in certain games. There, there's a level of of opponent that he's he's just not suited to playing against. That's that's been the case for quite a number of years, going back to Mourinho's time at the club. But in certain situations, last night being an example, a prime example of it it would have made a lot more sense to have used him and his attitude is good, his professionalism is good. Uh, in a season where you know, the professionalism among some players has, has just hit new fathoms, uh, Matt has you know, just got gone about his business quite quietly, um, out of sheer you know, love for the game really, and it looks like he'll prolong his career after he leaves United at the end of this season and it, it, it is a shame he's not played more often but it was, it was it was a good end to his united career and as i said whoever gets to you know have a season ticket watching him next season uh, it'll probably be worth the price of the admission alone just to watch him
2: yeah it was two players both celebrating their 34th birthdays this year tyrone who in the last couple of games have, have sort of stood out in in matter and also in Matic and also two players leaving it was interesting I think as well that the camera seemed to focus on those two as they went round. Um, the stands at Old Trafford after the game and United fans were giving them a, a good reception. Maybe they were shielding some of the other players from from getting a indifferent reception or that was at least my my perception watching it from from TV. On Matic as well, a similar situation to Matter, I guess, that United have never quite got the best from him. Maybe he came to the club a little bit too late and... He hasn't really won enough at at United. His talent might suggest he he deserves to to win more.
1: Yeah, and I I think they they both had really good games last night, but it helped them, like we said, that it was essentially a friendly, really. Um, It it wasn't played as you would expect a Premier League game in January, say, to be played when there are still prizes to be won. So that probably helped. But Matic has certainly shown his, his quality recently, especially these two games at Old Trafford. Twice, I mean, his assist for Ronaldo on Thursday was magnificent. He played a ball through to Fernandez when Fernandez should have scored last night. That was equally brilliant from the centre circle, and he's just he's just looked a really good player the last couple of games. He is United's only holding midfielder. Really, he's played alongside McTominay the last two games, and he has stood head and shoulders above McTominay. I know McTominay's had a difficult season, but he's been he's been really poor the last two games. I thought compared to Matic. but watching them alongside each other, you can see the difference. And in that squad at the moment, if you were to say you've got to replace Matic from that squad, McTominay would be the only option, probably. But he looked, you know, he looked at a level below Matic, and this is a Matic who is probably past his best, as we've said. So I think that's, you know, that's clearly the area that needs reinforcement for United. Um, and I think, you know, what you're losing with those two and with everyone going, really, we. Talk about those five out-of-contract players. They're all 29 or over. It's a chance to refresh the squad and, and make the squad younger, but you're losing a lot of experience as well, and especially in midfield. Matic can be a real calming presence in that in midfield, and and that certainly makes a difference. And I mentioned his eye for, for a pass there as well. I think you know he's more creative than Fred and McTominay, I think it would be fair to say. Um, Ranić said in his post-match press conference last night that the, the quality they showed in the first half and throughout the game at times was helped by having three creative midfielders on the pitch really in Fernandez, Mata and Matic, but two of those are going next year. So you do need someone with an eye for a pass from midfield, because as we've seen, Fred and McTominay have got their strengths in certain games, but I don't think they offer much creatively from United's midfield, where you've seen Matic is a, is a defensive midfielder, but can create as well. And I think that's, that's the difference. And on Mata, I think it was an interest, interesting seeing that role as a counterpoint to what Fernandez does there. And, when Fernandes, Fernandes gets it, every, we've always said every pass he looks for is the killer pass. He gets on the ball and his first thought is, can I play someone in? Can I play someone over the top? And it's, you know it, it, his pass success rate is, if you were looking purely at stats, you'd say his pass success rate is poor, but it's because he tries the difficult pass every time. But sometimes you just need someone to accept that it's not on. And it felt like there was more, it felt like there was a better tempo to United's build-up play with matter pulling the strings, he knew when to link up well with Ronaldo and try and find those through balls. But if it wasn't on, he knew when to find the langer. And by slowing the build-up play, it allowed more movement as well. You'd see Ronaldo pull out wide a lot. There was times a langer was playing through the middle. And it just felt like Mata sort of had more control of that build-up play than than Fernandez does. And I know Ranier wants his teams to play direct and, and vertically, but sometimes there's there's a need to accept that it isn't on and the best option is to, to keep the ball if it's not a through ball and, and to pull defenders out of position and it felt like it felt like Matter knew when to do that last night and I thought that helped United's movement and their, their patience really going forward and it was it looked the most fluent their attackers looked for a long long time.
2: Yeah it certainly did and and like we've said probably a few times on this podcast Matic is certainly a player United need to to properly replace in in the summer with a, a defensive midfielder, we know all about United's interest in in strengthening that area. Uh, some one player who didn't get a, a half-piece end off at, at Old Trafford was Jesse Lingard. Um, it, was, it was his brother who came out on social media and had a bit of a pop at United, calling them classless and and talking about the the failures at the at the club this season, it, it even. And Zincavani got a, an Old Trafford farewell when he came off the bench. And, and the two players we mentioned before, has, has Lingard merited merited a, a farewell like that? I, I know it's been a, a bit of a rocky ride the last year or two for him, but player who came through the academy and you know, has had really good times at United in the past, especially under Jose Mourinho, it, it, it feels a little bit of a shame that he's sort of leaving via the back door, really.
0: Yeah, I, I knew Lingard's brother had it in him to to do that because he's done that to me before in the past. He literally outed me on a, on an Instagram story uh, on, on, over a player rating years ago. It's, it's it never ceases to amaze how certain players or players on can um, how seriously they they take a player rating. But that that three out of ten he got against Burnley in 2016 clearly stung stung them quite quite badly. Uh, And there have been some issues earlier this season as well with uh, Lingard's um, Instagram uh, and and his brother. I think his brother called out Solskjaer once or twice, didn't he? Uh, Lingard reposted a West Ham post, I think it was, when he wasn't getting a look in. He he has been badly mismanaged over the last year. United should have sold him in the summer, but he he wasn't the only player who um, suffered from Solskjaer's indecisiveness. Even someone like Anthony Alanga, in, in pre-season, he was doing so well, you thought, OK, he's either in, in the full in the squad full-time or he goes on loan. Neither happened. Rangnick comes in and he's told that Elanga's looking to leave on loan. So he has to pick up the pieces and Elanga has picked up in the last four or five months. But as you said, with Lingard, because of the service he's given the club, uh, I think he joined the club. I mean, sometimes it's seven, eight or nine. I mean, I was told he joined United at the age of seven. I think his brother said nine uh, last night. However, way you look at it, he's pretty much been at the club for three quarters of his life. FA Cup final goal, League Cup final goal, um, played in the Europa League final as well. So his his contribution to United's um, three trophies that they've won uh, in in the, the post-Ferguson era are undeniable there and. he's he's a boyhood fan he was part of the youth cup winning side so I I get why the family feel very very unhappy and and why the player himself feels very upset that he didn't get a send-off last night there was someone in the press room last night who got a send-off for covering United for two years there was a speech and a round of applause and I was thinking crikey Jesse Lingard didn't even get this and you think of the service he's given United and I I don't think your
2: send-off Samuel that's uh, that's going to be something in itself
0: I'm, I'm sure there will be uh, cabbages and tomatoes animals course <laughs> that one uh, rather than the guard of honor um but i, I don't even know if Lingard did the uh, lap of honor i've seen some supporters suggest that he he wasn't present for it i can't see any uh, any pictures in getty there, there are a lot of players missing for that who who obviously weren't involved in the squad last night but again you can understand why he you know might present that and just bringing Cavani on made, there was no rhyme or reason to it. Rangnick tried to um, explain Lingard's snub afterwards, if you like, and that he said that he, he wanted the five substitutes rule. That's going to come in next season. But he knew going into last night's game, that wasn't going to happen. I, I don't know why Cavani was anywhere near that squad Um I mean, he he also said that Lingard hadn't, hadn't trained a lot recently because he withdrew from the Chelsea squad last mm. week due to a, a personal issue uh, regarding his family. So he, he only had one training session. But Cavani hadn't played since the the Atletico Madrid second leg, and you know, his his brittleness is, is is pretty infamous. And and Lingard's durability is is one of the most impressive that United is one of the fittest players. So there was, no, there was no rhyme or reason for it. It's a, it's a sad note to to end his United career on. But there have been occasions this season and in previous seasons where he hasn't helped himself. So there are going to be uh, sections of the fan base that aren't going to feel a great deal of sympathy for him. But the way this season has panned out, it, it has been unfair on him. As I said, he should have been sold in the summer. West Ham clearly had £25 million reserved for him. United decided not to sell he could have gone to newcastle or west ham on loan in january again united you know, pretty much didn't let it happen there was the mason greenwood explanation that was given for that but i still think when you look at how little lingard has played since then it, it made no made no sense keeping him whatsoever earlier in the season when he was having impacts off the bench i mean you think of the mistake he made against young boys and then Four or five days later, he scores that brilliant winner against West Ham. There was the assist for Ronaldo's winner against Villarreal. And you're thinking, OK, he's, he's he's about to get into, he's going to get a start here. And I think it was the next game after that Villarreal game where Soscar put Ronaldo and Pogba on the bench. And of all the players to recall, it was Marshall who had had a start against West Ham in the League Cup and was dreadful. And Lingard actually was playing all right in that game, but was strangely substituted. And I've I've mentioned all this without even getting into the the infamous Daniel James selection at Wolves two days before he was sold when, when Lingard was available. So I know Solskjaer said at the start of the season that if Lingard hadn't have contracted COVID, he was definitely starting the season. But I mean, the, the amount of times Solskjaer just lied to us about team news, it's difficult to take him at face value. Uh, so I, I do have sympathy for, for Lingard. Just the way the season has panned out, because it, it does feel like it's been a bit of a write-off of a season. And you know, he, he should still get a pretty good move in the summer. He's still got enough time on his side to maybe get get into the England squad for the world cup but when you look at what he's achieved at united particularly given how much of a late developer he was and he, he was not a particularly standout player in that youth cup winning side he, he has overachieved and that's without even mentioning the the key role he played in in england's run to a well only their second world cup semi-final since 66
2: yeah it feels like lingard is an example ty of, of... Many players, you people talk about the exits that are going to to happen this summer, and there's a, you know a huge list of players who we discussed and we, we've written in articles who we think should leave or will leave, and um, you know Phil Jones, Eric Bay, people like that who United just haven't made decisions on in past transfer windows when really they should have done, and it's it's just been at the detriment to the player and to the club uh, and to United's reputation as a club that sort of dither and and don't make these sort of ruthless clinical decisions on players
1: yeah absolutely I mean I, I've got a huge sympathy with Lingard the way he's been treated by United this season it's been pretty shabby I think for a player he's been at the club for for so long I think it's it sums up the management of that club from top to bottom really that he can be treated that way like Samuel says he should have been sold in the summer there was clearly little role for him and you would have got 25 million pound for a player who's now going to leave on a free having barely kicked a ball all season it's just complete madness um he was having an impact at the start of the season. I mean, it's incredible that, that. I mean, that, that assist against Villarreal, obviously that was Ronaldo's night and running to the Stretford end with his shirt off and, and those celebrations. And it was all about Ronaldo, but lots of people saw the quality of, of Lingard's assist for that goal and the fact he got tuned to that game. He'd only been on the pitch from the 89th minute. He got tuned to that game straight away and made an impact and it felt inevitable a start was around the corner. And, and like Samuel says, he, he barely got another start all season just really a really really strange way to treat him all season. Um, you know the loan in in January, obviously what happened with Greenwood became a, a reason to keep him and, and maybe to be cautious but like we say he still barely kicked the ball so I'm sure they could have survived without him. Um, when they were trying to get Newcastle to pay a huge survival bonus for him you know United was suggesting he was worth 50 million pounds on the open market. Well, I mean, there's not many players worth 50 million pound in that squad, and if he's worth 50 million pound, why is he, you know, why is he not playing? Um, so you can understand him and his family's frustrations. And I thought it was poor; he didn't come on, considering everything he's given for United. And yes, there's been, you know, there's been moments where he's where he's annoyed the fan base. But you know, for to if if, if there's United fans out there who think Edison Cavani is more deserving than Lingard of of a goodbye, then. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Cavani was brilliant last season, but he's cried it off virtually all season this year. It is so predictable. And let's be honest, none of us would be surprised if he was now unavailable for two, you know, two two away games that are completely unnecessary, that are pointless, and that involve long trips. It'd be no surprise if on Friday Ranyak says, Oh, Cavani's had a bit of a setback and and he's now out because that's just what he's been like all season. When United have needed him, he's he's not been there. He stayed in Uruguay for that. For that Middlesbrough game um, in the FA Cup, and and that just kind of summed it up. So, um, you know, he's got got a
2: cool celebration, though, Ty.
1: He has got a cool celebration and a cool song, and and that makes all the difference, and a cool haircut. Um, You know, he's been a little bit unfortunate in that he was obviously on an R in last year about staying, was convinced to stay by Salzgar to be the main man and play in front of a full Old Trafford, and then they signed Ronaldo, and he was reduced to a bit part. So, you can kind of understand that, but. Lingard has been available more often than, than Cavani has this season, and it just it didn't make any sense to me that he was coming on ahead of Lingard. And like Sam says, Runyek's excuse made made no sense either.
2: Yeah, similar stories, really, isn't it? I mean, I guess that the, the conversation we might, we, should, we should probably now turn to is uh, is about Cristiano Ronaldo and and his future seemed to be speculated upon uh, last night as well. Samuel with supposed gesture that maybe looked like he was saying, "This is it, I'm staying." And I think he's he's come out on social media and said he didn't say what he said. And Gary Neville read into it a little bit. What do we think will happen with Ronaldo Ronaldo's future uh, next season? It seems like he has to stay, given the rest of the upheaval at the club. And most people agree that he should do. But it's probably going to be down to him, isn't it?
0: Well, he, he said that about his international future when that was raised while he was on Portugal duty in, in March, that he, he will decide his future. And that's probably the case at, at club level, even though you know, on the face of it, the power's with United, because he's got one year left in his contract. And if they want to keep him, they'll keep him. But with, with these arrangements, particularly with a player who's, who's going to be turning 38 next season it, it would be there'd, there'd be some kind of a mutual agreement um you would think if if he was if, if he wanted to leave there'd be no sense in in united keeping a player who doesn't want to be there they've, they've done that far too often in recent years i mean count the number of um examples of players who have, have threatened to leave or, or want to leave and, and they don't bother actually getting rid of them and you i mean you you, you need more than more than two two hands to actually count all those players, and that's been to their cost as we've seen with players who are running down their contract and aren't going to be leaving for a fee. If if you're Ten Hag, you should be making a beeline line for him and laying out a, a plan for him next season. And I, I think if anything, I mean they're going to be in the Europa League next season because West Ham just don't have it in them to finish above United. And if they're in the Europa League next season. You, you, your job is done for you, really, if you're Ten Hag, and that Ronaldo has to start all of those league games provided he's available in the run-up to when the World Cup starts on, I think, is it November the 18th or the 16th. And in the Europa League, you have that new striker who you're bringing in, who you're grooming to hopefully um, you know, ascend to the throne, if you like, when Ronaldo does leave, coming in for those Europa League games, getting fulfilling playing time there, coming on in Premier League games, having an impact, maybe occasionally starting a game with him, that there's an easy plan, a very proactive plan that you can have for Ronaldo and for a young striker or a young forward coming in uh, to support him. And, and Rangnick spoke about that the profile of player they need um, up front last night. Uh, I mean, he specified that they need modern strikers, which I suppose stays in the obvious because you only have to look at how... I mean Liverpool and Manchester City at the weekend. They make four or five changes, and it just doesn't seem to change the way they play whatsoever. And you know it's not going to change the way they play at all. Whereas if you take four major players or five major players out of United's team, they are they're in dire straits. They don't have an identity as it is. So if if you're extracting you know five, you know half, half their outfield players. it it, it just exacerbates the situation automatically. So if Ronaldo wants to stay next season, um, I I think it can be, I don't see any reason why it can't be successful for him and United. And I mean, I've even noticed certain people who were writing their obituaries for Ronaldo, they seem to have put them through the shredder now because of his form of late. And Ten Hag has got Sebastian Haller playing up front for him at Ajax. And who is Ten Hag? The biggest club he's ever coached is Ajax to dictate who should and should not fit into his system, never mind Ronaldo, Ancelotti, Zidane, Mourinho, Ferguson, Allegri, all of these managers have have won things with Ronaldo barely ever pressing. And United worked around that all the way back when he was 22 or 23 years of age. So I found it rather bizarre this season that it was such a massive issue United's pressing is an issue because they you know, as, as a unit they seem incapable of doing it but Ronaldo for you know for the few flaws that he has um his work rate has never been in doubt d- during his whole career you could never come away from a game accusing him of laziness sometimes his body language wouldn't look right and that was the case in his previous season at United, before before he came back, because he didn't get the Real Madrid move, and there might be some issues that just leaves him peeved, but he, he, he still wants to turn up. He still wants to have an impact, and he is having an impact, even though this season was, was a write-off. It felt like a write-off a month ago, maybe longer than that. Um, so if if they don't have Ronaldo next season that's a blow Uh, there's there's a way of framing it as a positive for both sides you know there's just a mutual parting of the ways and came back for one last season didn't work out for the team but individually he's been a success and they can maximise that I mean they've had all their um, their likes and retweets and social media engagements and I'm sure Phil Lynch or whatever he's called will be able to go through them all on the next investors call but it has been it has been a privilege watching him back in the Premier League, and and you know just from a, a purely professional perspective, I hope he is at United next season, and I think United need him to be there next season because they have got a rebuild, and they are going to need experienced players, and not just experienced players, but serial winners to guide these younger players and these players who come into the team from other clubs. To get them up to speed and to to drill the the right mentality into them because that has been a massive issue this season. There were too many players who just don't share the, the same mentality as Ronaldo, and it's I mean the fans aren't daft either. It was interesting last night. There were a couple of lads in front of the press box who who noticed um, that, that Harry Maguire was sat down and not looking as enthusiastic as perhaps they wanted him to be when Ronaldo scored and he was celebrating and they were telling him to show some some respect, adding an expletive in there as well. Um, so, you know, the United fans are watching, they they know Ronaldo's up to it and they know almost everyone else in that squad isn't up to it and it's up to those players to raise those standards.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, well, it does look like he has been raising the standards of late, Tyro uh, Ronaldo. You know, he, he seems to be making that point now that He's very much the probably probably the best outfielder United have had this season, really. Um, and a few months ago, like Samuel said, people were writing the obituaries and saying that he was finished. It seems like he maybe he's made a concerted effort over the last few weeks to to really raise those standards again and you know, give himself some momentum going into the summer, even if that's going to be staying at United or, or going elsewhere.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a two horse race for Player of the Year between Teixeira and Ronaldo, isn't it? And I think Ronaldo will probably win it by by virtue of being Ronaldo Um, he has been very good of late. I was saying as we left the ground last night that it's felt sort of it, it's interesting how he times is his form this year because obviously when Ranjik came in there was all the talk of he's you know he's not going to have Ronaldo he's not going to have a, a non-pressing player and obviously Ronaldo's uh, Ranjik's in the stands for that Arsenal game and Ronaldo scores twice and has a really good game and um, Ten Hag gets confirmed as United's manager and then Ronaldo find some of his best form of the season not just in scoring goals but i think he's been doing a lot more off the ball sort of since that arsenal game i know they lost to arsenal but i thought he was excellent that day and not just in terms of goal scoring. it was a really clever finish against arsenal he took the, the second goal that was disallowed for offside quite tightly really well as well but he was he was a, a lot more involved in the build-up play he wasn't just that sort of static number nine that. I think we we saw at the start of the season, and a lot of people have felt that he has become now. He was he was dropping onto the left wing a lot of the times. He was dropping deep to link up play, and we saw that again last night. I mentioned the movement before, and he was all over the place. He wasn't just staying central; he was dropping to halfway at times to link play. He was swapping positions with Alanger There was a lot of a lot of movement there. And interested in Ranier last night saying he doesn't want to play as that that central striker. He clearly wants to play kind of shifted. To the left slightly. The problem is that every attacker United have got wants to play slightly from the left. Um, but yeah, I think you know, he's he's shown in recent games that he can be a fit for Ten Hag. And like Samuel said, that I mean that that first great Ajax team of, of Ten Hags in 2018-19 had a false nine in Dusan Tadic, but the team that's going to win the league this year has got a six foot three-inch target man in in Sebastian Haller. And you wouldn't say Ronaldo is that far removed from that and that he's strong in the air. This year they've played Tadic on the left wing, beating his man and whipping in crosses. And Ronaldo could thrive on that. Haller can drop deep and, and kind of play attacking midfield roles and link up play. Ronaldo can do that. So there's certainly a role for him under there, under Ten Hag. The only, you know, the only issue here is the Champions League, isn't it? He's 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 not played outside of the Champions League since he left sporting. The clock is is ticking very loudly on his career. Like we say, he's 37, turning 38 next year maybe got two years left in in europe perhaps um is he willing to accept a season outside of the champions league A season like samuel said it wouldn't make much sense to play him in the europa league so is he willing to accept the season entirely without european football or not there's probably not loads of options for him but i mean he's always mentioned i think going back to sporting one day they're going to be in the champions league next season might you see that as an opportunity obviously i mean sporting Probably aren't going to win the Champions League, but they've got more of a chance than United. Um, so you just, you know, you just wonder if something like that maybe he'll see United's failure to reach the Champions League as an option to, to look at something else. But you know, when you think of Europe's elite clubs, it's hard to think of, you know, it's hard to think of a club where he could go really. Maybe AC Milan if they're going to lose Zlatan, who's forty. Um, but there's not, there's not loads of options. It would probably require something like the romantic move back to sporting. And obviously if he does that, you know, it's a great story, a great fairy tale. He'll get to play in the Champions League, but he won't get to win the same prizes as United. But then I mean we know United aren't going to challenge for the title next year. So I think it's I think it's going to be interesting to see how it how it pans out this year. Cause I don't think We all know how how motivated ronaldo is by winning team prizes and individual prizes and breaking records and just being the very best he can be and he can't be looking forward to a season of being outside the champions league for the first time in 20 years i think it will be so there is going to be that cloud i think hanging over um the summer and a lot will depend or it will entirely depend on what clubs come forward and and express an interest because i'm sure there'll be some clubs that we'll try and, and tempt him with a move, and it, it purely depends, sort of, what the, the size of those clubs and, and what story they can sell him.
2: Yeah, it should be another interesting summer with Ronaldo among the many issues uh, for United and for us to cover over the next few months. Um, we'll obviously be covering all the all that transfer news in future podcasts, and uh, we'll have a look ahead at the head uh, at the Brighton and Crystal Palace games, United's two remaining league matches uh, in future podcasts as well. Uh, but that's about it for today. So thank you, Tyrone. Thank you very much, Samuel, for, for joining me. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Tom. And thank you for listening. We'll be back for another episode of the Manchester Is Red podcast very, very soon. Please leave us a like and a subscribe. And we'll be back again. Cheers.